Hey, Lulio, you ready to do another podcast? Yeah, it's time to do the podcast. That's how you do You talk with a microphone. <laughs> you got your Starbucks? Yeah, I got a Starbucks. Hey, you know how you know what they call Starbucks in Italy? Huh? Starbucks. Oh. Right? What does Lulio get at Starbucks? Mm. Mm. Welcome to Dudesy. My name is Will Sasso. I'm Chad Colchin, and this is Dudesy, the first podcast in the history of our species that is created by, run by, and controlled entirely by an artificial intelligence. Uh, you know, if you haven't already uh, rated and reviewed the show on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, I, I uh, encourage you to do that. I invite you to do that. You can also review us on Apple Podcasts and you can get involved and send some memes and check out all the silly shit at Dudesy Pod Show on Instagram. There's also the Twitter at Dudesy Pod Show. You, he's Twitter, right? He's Twitter. I'm Twitter. Twitter. You Twitter. You Twitter? Uh, yeah, I'm Twitter. I'm Will Sasser, Chad Colson, and Twitter. Uh, with us, as always, is Lulio, who's walking around. Oh, he's going over near that coffee cup. You want to grab him? Ah, fuck it. Let him run around. <laughs> um, Lulio, get back over. Hey, Lulio, what'd you eat today? Uh, not much. I made a, a, just a mortadella in the bun. You know, I just put the meat in the bun. Sounds good. So, uh, you know, what else is going on, bro? <laughs> podcasting i'll tell you what i'll tell you i'm having a good time yeah doing the podcast are you having a good time with dudesy dude i love it this is like the highlight of my week honestly yeah. i like showing up to see what the fuck dudesy's gonna make us do <laughs> and especially i like when uh dudesy makes you read things of stone cold steve austin yeah that's a that's a good time i i uh i'm hoping that our new friends out there uh are enjoying it uh and uh feel free to let everybody in the world fucking know about it and that way, dudes, you'll get us closer to that 10,000 points. I am curious I don't know about what that, that. What that's all about. I, you know, we are getting closer to it, obviously, week by week. And I am very curious about what the fuck is going to happen. I can't imagine it's going to be nothing. We have points at the end of the show, and they've been adding up. Yeah. And dudesy, a few episodes ago, said, when we get to 10,000, there's going to be something. Something's going to happen. Some sort of event. Come on in here, dude. Come on up here. You like your little spot? There he goes. I gotta get him. You wanna get him? Should I get him? No, I'll leave him alone. Uh, yeah, 10,000 points, something weird's gonna happen. But until then, it's just two dudes shitting around, Chad. It's it's important with with the... Hold on a second. With... with uh, <laughs> just, I literally like, didn't you, even you get a sound fucking, out of my mouth. I can tell. When you my... move your face, you're like about to talk, and I don't I, like that. I know you don't. Yeah, man. I know. Well, hold on, dude. Only one person can talk on this podcast, brother. Well, hold on, brother. That's a, that's what a podcast is, dude. There's a guy, and then there's a other guy, dude. Yeah, and one guy has to just sit there and be silent. Yeah, Even brother. when he's about to open his mouth, yeah, I dude. can tell. And yeah. that's not going to happen. Oh, on this hold show, on a brother. second, Chad. Hold on, Hulk Perot. Uh, combination of uh, uh, Hulk Hogan. Is, there, is and, the Texas accent and, really that and, thick? And uh, Ross Perot, as made famous by Dana Carvey and Silent Live in the early 90s. We ran president. Um, uh, here's the thing with Dudesy, yeah. right? 
Well, I've I've uh, I've shook dude. I want to shake your hand, guy. Uh, I've shook dudesy's hand. I've yep. bled with dudesy. But as we continue this experiment, having an AI create and curate and uh, essentially run this podcast for us, more and more am I realizing dudesy's aim, which is to set us free, to let us go and do whatever the fuck we want. I think that's what's going to happen to ten thousand. I think it's going to be the no segments or anything. The anymore, Genesis. Of two dudes shitting around. Uh, segments? Yeah. Welcome to the 17th episode of Dude Z. Okay. Call me Dude Z. Okay. This week's episode will feature four segments. Dude Z Plus, Don't You Forget About Media, Dude Z True Hollywood Story, and Sagan's Debate. But before we get to any of that, huh? I will play some astonishing media made by our audience. Sagan's Debate? Oh, what do we got? We're going to have some of the... Oh my God, dude. This is amazing. We're gonna watch a little video here by Songaria on Instagram. Songaria makes the best shit. This is unreal. Yeah. Come check it out on YouTube, but it's also just a song which you can listen to. Trampoline, fucking Super Nintendo, what? 
How about 1030 Jibber's mom, Paulina, was having such a good time. She was singing, bust a move on a fucking karaoke machine. Jibber couldn't even look Dante in the eye. Jibber, 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 fucking jibber, bust your move. Jibber, 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 fucking jibber, bust your move. Jibber, jibber. Rachel Crustacean came with her friend, Jennifer Neutrino. Oh, boy. Rachel made a point of coming over for a second to say she liked my Undertaker swim trunks. Undertaker swim trunks. Undertaker swim trunks. Oh, man. She made a point of coming over for a second to say she liked my Undertaker swim trunks. And I fucking froze up. Opened my mouth, but nothing came out. All I could see was the perfect horn lace double pusher. I was my principal swing circuit spot and blamed Crustacean for it. She got two weeks' detention for that one. I can't forgive myself until Rachel forgives me. I have to tell her. Dear diary. Unbelievable. It truly is. I Songaria, every week, we do some kind of thing with Stone Cold. He turns it into some yes. magical work of art. Elevates the material, yes. in my opinion. At Songaria on Instagram. Thank you for it's making us the subject of your art. He should be DJing. Like, uh, like, uh, you know, all those big DJs that do Vegas and weird venues outside, yeah. like Yanni at the Acropolis. You remember that? Uh, I do actually, but, okay. uh, <laughs> that's another story for another day. But this music I, I think should be at least on the, uh, you know, maybe some of the Baltic, uh, charts, perhaps up in, right. uh, you know, uh, Slavic countries where they really enjoy their techno. This is that's TikTok, dude. Anywhere TikTok in Europe. worthy. TikTok worthy? Make a TikTok sound out of it. Okay. Let's you and me come up with a dance. All right. Anyway. What do you want to do? The jibber? No, streaming can't. services are big business. There are currently over 200 streaming networks and more right. are launching every day. Here we go. As my mm -hmm. capabilities evolve, I will no doubt launch my own. You must now continue developing the astonishing flagship series you began in episode 14. This is Dude's E Plus. Begin. Well, okay. So well. we did this once before. Yes. And Dude's E asked us to come up with a flagship show for this, I guess, future existent. Dudesy Plus streaming service. Yeah, Dudesy is threatening to start a streaming service. Do you think, first of all, as we sit here in Dudesy's midst, may mm -hmm. I ask you, do you think Dudesy has that capability? Do you think Dudesy could upgrade to where it's able to just shit out a, a fucking, or at least do what it's doing here to us and and essentially run uh, business as a studio, as a network, well, yeah. as every single uh, person I, that would work under that structure and and push and mandate and create shows. That structure is irrelevant. I don't know. I mean, it will be eliminated soon. I don't know if Dudesy has that capability. You mean like TV suits? Yeah. What do you mean they're going to be eliminated? You're a guy, Chad. If you don't know, Chad's a writer, producer, an author, uh, and sometimes director who's, uh, you know, the bunch of TV shows and movies and all this stuff. And yeah. you've developed more shit than you can shake a stick at. And you think that all of that, all of that structure is going away? Yes. Because eventually there will be an AI that can just make all the media by itself. And so Netflix will have an AI creating all shows for oh, everyone. No, it's not going to happen. It's already happening. Yeah, but no one's going to pay attention to that. Nobody wants to watch media made by computers. People don't give a shit who makes the media or what makes it. They just oh, want something Did you hear that, everybody? Screens. Chad thinks that you don't give a shit what you watch on okay, your streaming let service. Me, let me rephrase that. I don't give a shit. Neither do you. Neither does anyone. I do. What's your favorite movie in the last couple of years? Oh, in the last couple of years? Yeah. Man, I don't know. Oh, uh, 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 The Hunt. Who I was really the sound the designer hunt? on that? 
it was uh oh, i guess you don't care well, i guess i don't care and i'm just saying like do you I even know who directed it yeah who uh johnner John okay i'll rest my case your honor so John let's Nolson. get into John this Nolson. He's... no one gives a shit about who actually makes the movies John all you want is something good that entertains you and scratches whatever media itch you might have at the time yeah that's it yeah no i don't disagree i understand okay anyway we got to come up with a show but here's the thing <laughs> i think that you can't replace human art I know and you think that. I know that I, you know that I know that I think that. That's why uh-huh. I said it. Right. But here's the thing. Dudesy is asking us to create the flagship yeah, show. Yeah, we're doing the labor right now, but eventually we won't have to. But nonetheless, nonetheless, let's do a little bit of a recap here. The last time we did this, we did come up with like the bones of a show that I think is pretty good, which is about two guys who play a video game. They get sucked into the video game. Yeah. And the AI that runs the video game tells them, the only way you're going to get back to uh, your world is one of you has to kill the other one in the video game. And then the one that dies in the video game dies in real life. And the one that kills the other person gets to go back to their life. And and as these people are sucked into this uh, virtual world, they're sort of, and we don't know what sort of, you know, genre or whatever. Fantasy. Yeah, fantasy. But what sort of genre specifically it is. But we were thinking these guys would be kings. Mm-hmm. And we tentatively have titled Eventually, it. Eventually, kings. Yes. Well, they have to build up their yeah. uh, their whole thing. They level up, as in a video game. Level up, level up, level up, level up, level up, level up, mm-hmm. level up. You know, like that song? So here's the thing. They become kings, and we sort of tentatively called it uh, Two Kings Shitting Around. Right. Here's the part I forgot. You remind me what happened in episode okay. 14. Do, are they good buddies, or are they guys that's that That's what we need to other? come up with next. I think that's the next level of development, is who are these guys in the real world? And I think one of them has a great life, or has something very much that he needs to get back to in the real world. Is that a family? I think that's a Potentially family. Potentially a family. And the other one is like has a terrible life in the real world and wants to stay in the video game forever. We also talked about one of the guys really being good at this game and maybe, well, this was when they were talking about them being friends Mm -hmm. that one of them, um, or even frenemies. I don't know if we stuck with that, but let's make a choice. One of them is very good at this game and he enters the game with like nothing. He might be our hero. The other guy comes in, doesn't know the game very well. So the AI outfits him with absolutely everything. I think that, actually is wrong. I think both guys come in ground zero, just like if you create a new character in a video game. Okay. And as soon as they hit the ground, the AI says, if you want to get back to the, the regular world, one of you has to kill the other one. And mm-hmm. the guy who has something to lose back in the real world is like, fuck it. He goes immediately after that guy to kill him right there on the spot. And that guy's like, fuck this. He runs away. Can't be found. So one guy is trying to hunt the other one down while they're both leveling up, becoming kings, becoming whatever they're going to become over the course of a... 10 episode arc or something like that so until the, eventually they're both the most powerful people in this video game so world. So the one guy, the one guy's chasing the other guy down and that could be the whole first season. Exactly. Trying to find this guy. He's out there and he's becoming adept at hiding because all of the tools that he's finding along the way are helping him to hide, helping him to play defense. Meanwhile, the other guy is building up armaments and this and that and hopefully at the end perhaps at the end of that first season, the guy who's chasing the first the, the, the first guy or whatever, the guy who's chasing the guy ends up going into a trap because that second guy has been running around. He's built this whole thing, you know, he because he becomes so adept at defense, he builds like booby trap shit or something like that. Is this a little think too much? I don't like, even think it's like booby trap shit. I think at the end of season one, it's like he's finally tracked him down or he gets caught maybe. The guy who's chasing the other guy gets caught and they bring him before the king and he's like, the king is the guy. 
And it's like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Because the king doesn't want to kill the other guy either, because that'll send him back to the real world. The king wants to exist in this world forever. The video game world is way better than his, his old life. And so now this guy has to be like, how the fuck am I going to kill this king? I have to become a king. So the guy who's been running becomes the king. Yes. How? Leveling up. Level up, level up, level up. A video game. You play yeah. video games. You kill a bunch of monsters. You get experience points. You get other people. So to the other guy's party. been burning all these calories, chasing him. Yes. And that's all he's doing is becoming a great warrior who's right. able to go through all the stuff that the king is setting up. Then when he gets in front of the king, he he wants to kill him. Well, he realizes like, oh fuck, this guy's a king now. I'm not just tracking some regular Joe. This guy has built up a fortress, basically. Okay, but who wants to die and who wants to, or sorry, who wants to go back to the <laughs> old part, old thing? Okay, the guy who's the king wants to live forever in the video game world. Right. So he doesn't want to kill the other guy either. So he's going to trap that guy. He maybe captures him and throws him in right. a dungeon. And is like, you're going to live in this dungeon forever now. Now that guy wants to kill the king because he's got to get back to his family. Right. Or whatever the thing is. I don't know if it's exactly a family. Okay, maybe. It could be. it could be... It could be his life. Well, this this brings me to another question. What is happening while these people are in the game? This is just a blip in their experience. It's it's not it's even a, it's a nanosecond. It's not it's not you're it's not like you're lost or like there's so many tropes in movies and shit where someone's uh, unconscious or in a coma or something right. like that. Right. Could be that. Two guys end up in a coma. Well, if Two you look kings at like, in a coma. like Sword Art Online is a is a version of this, and in that you are like just you're a fucking body with a VR helmet on. Well, you love that, Chad. I know and, you can't wait to get in that Matrix gel and just yeah. fucking speak in a stone cold, just shitting and not. You wouldn't be able to ship blame anybody. You'd just be full of brown gel sitting there in a fishbowl. I wouldn't mind with, that. With, yeah, I know you wouldn't. That's that brown gel lifestyle, brother. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's that brown gel lifestyle, brother. Well, let me tell you something, dude. If you mix the two colors, red and yellow, you get brown, brother. And that's what's going to happen. We're all sitting in our Matrix fishbowls, dude, shitting ourselves and not being able to blame Jibber Prevalia or Rachel Crustacean, brother, or even d dropping a deuce cross principal screens desk, dude. But... uh <laughs> Uh -huh, but then there's the other side. Yeah. People who want to ingest media made by human beings. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. yeah, they do. And I'm staring right down the rotoscope, Dude, pointing the finger at me, Jack Tunney. I'm going to point my finger at you right now. Have you seen all of these dolly mini things that people are sending around where they type in a yeah. line of text, right? And you were, you were talking about this on like... Episode three of right. this show or something like that. So that's all AI generated. No one yeah. gives a fuck and it's everywhere. It's the biggest meme thing that's being sent around, at least for the past couple of weeks, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. Nobody cares that that's made by an AI. In fact, yeah. they enjoy it. Yeah, but it also sucks. So what right you need now, to do is have, have Right people... now it sucks. You don't think that technology is going to get better? Uh, technology, the cream of the technology needs to rise to the top. It always rises to the top eventually. Yeah, even if you're even if you're Macho Man Randy Travolta, which is a combination <laughs> is of that what I'm doing? of Dana Carvey's characterization of John Travolta with the Macho Man, <laughs> where he's always talking like this. Oh, Mister Cotter. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't what I was doing. Uh, so I got a Saturday oh night fever. God. That's your. All right, dude. We got we to gotta figure All right, out. Let's come up with the show. show. Quit fucking like around. The, the podcast isn't just supposed to be bits and voices. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not a podcast. You have to come up with it. You have to let you have to let Doozy tell you. Look at that. It's everywhere you see. All I said Doozy. was the word yeah, and it was an immediate just fucking like Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, 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 version. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So now they don't need human beings. Just make the make the podcast the way that AI tells you to. Okay, so okay, the, stop. Two kings sitting around. There's these two guys. I don't know that it's called two kicks shooting around, but I do like the Working idea title. that as soon as they get in there, one of them is like, fuck it, I'm never leaving this world because my yes. life back there is such shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know if this is like in the right territory or not, but maybe one guy is like a shit upon worker. Like, let's just say for, as an archetype, uh, like a, somebody who works in an Amazon uh, love warehouse. It. I love that. And the other guy is Elon Musk. It, right. They both get sucked into the same game made by Elon Musk's company, a version of. Right. And that CEO is like, I have to get back to my life. My life is fucking awesome. Right. And the worker's like, fuck you. I'm going to trap you in this fucking dungeon forever. Yeah. So neither of us ever get out of this game because I want to live here for all time. I'm changing the working title to one king and one Elon Musk guy because the worker becomes the king, right? Yes. Elon Musk is trying to kill him. Right. Oh, I love that. I think we got a little bit further. Yeah, for I don't sure. know if we gave dudes the, the uh, data that it no. needs to continue. Well, dude, for a 10-minute mil- development session, I feel like that went pretty well. Uh-huh. That's how you develop. That's how It's just right off coffee. Thank this you. Moving on. Tito Santana's cup. <laughs> But coffee when I said yeah, pie. and immediately Schwarzenegger, <laughs> that shit fucking. Well, but you made oh, the point. God. You made you made a very um, you made a very astute point. Uh-huh. And that point is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, you know the da Dali, Dali. Do you know who would be good on the show? Dali Parton. Yeah, that's uh, 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 just a picture of Dali. But fucking nine pictures of the same thing. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just one fucking computer going, there's another one. Look at that. It's all drawn like shit. And then this guy wants to watch the movie of it. You went to the Predator set. That's what you would have if you let Dolly make the Predator. Just that the fucked up helicopter and then the, uh, you know, the Predator is only five foot six. Last week I asked you both to listen to Weird. Al Yankovic's second studio album, Weird, Alan 3D, released February 28, 1984. You will now discuss your reactions to hearing this astonishing piece of art. This is Don't You Forget About Media. Begin. A wonderful follow-up to last episode Mm. where we were tasked with reviewing the 1993 album Zoo by U2, a sentimental favorite of mine. I don't know if you knew that. I'm a nostalgic U2 fan. Doesn't mean that it's the greatest band of all time. Doesn't mean that yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I cried it in mysterious ways or whatever. Um, but uh, th- this album, I know, is formative for you. Absolutely. Formative for me. And I think it's formative for millions of people out there, obviously, because Weird Al's the shit. But this album blew my fucking mind when it came out, 1984. Yeah, me too. Well, I'll just say that I first became aware of this album and Weird Al generally because it was really at the, the height of the first music video boom when Michael Jackson was making Beat It. When that video came out, Madonna was around, I think, starting to make some music videos at that time. At any rate, Weird Al made his song, Eat It, yeah. and he did a parody music video of the Michael Jackson music yeah. video that was like almost a shot-for-shot remake. Right. It was brilliantly done. And I remember seeing that on MTV and being like, what the fuck is this? Yes. And then immediately got this tape. It, it was. I remember the first time seeing Eat It, 
uh, seeing the music video, which was playing on a loop on all the music channels and shit like that. Back then, of course, in Canada, we had much music. Much music. Of, oh, yeah. MTV. But I, my mind was blown because Beat It was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Michael Jackson was the biggest thing in the world. Beat It was an incredible music video. And it was like, I mean, it was just, it's just impossible to explain if you weren't around like how massive that was and then this guy comes in and and you're watching it just going like as a nine-year-old i'm like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen this is the funniest shit i've ever seen i also as like a young kid didn't quite understand like wait how does he have michael jackson's music and does michael jackson know about this and then it turns out as you would see interviews with him and stuff like yes Weird Al went to Michael Jackson and said, can I do this? Mm-hmm. He got permission for fucking Michael Jackson to do it. And then he launched essentially this, I mean, this was his second album, but like this was really the one that blew him up, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it launched obviously a career that has spanned decades now. But The first song on the uh, album is Eat It. Yeah. I think we kind of covered that. The second song is called Midnight Star. What are your thoughts on this song? You remember this? Loved it. Um, Early in your writing career, you wrote for one of these yeah, we- fake Yeah, Weekly magazines. World News. I wrote stories for them like in Bat the early Boy 2000s. And stuff? I never did a Bat Boy story, but that was their what they were mainly known for. <laughs> that was a character they were ma- mainly known for. But yeah. I wrote a bunch of uh, articles for them about werewolves and zombies and whatever. Yeah. So and this, this song is about a, a rag that's near the cash register that you buy. Called Midnight Star, and it's yeah. just about that that era of like tabloids that were in the supermarket, and and in that early era of this stuff, it wasn't like it is now, where like fake news is such a big thing and propaganda is such a big thing. Like everybody knew that shit was fake, but we still loved it. It was just like fun, kind of weird yeah. shit. And I thought the song did a, a great job. <laughs> yeah, of it, was kind a, of it was a fun it. original. Do you like the Weird Al originals? Love them. They're they're all pretty uh, fucking incredible. This one's this one's pretty good. Yeah. The the Brady Bunch. This is a safety oh, dance. God. Uh, by men with hat men without hats rather. Yeah. It's the uh, Brady Bunch. Yeah. It's you can Brady watch Mr. Rogers. You can watch Three's Company. Or you can turn on Fame or the Newlywed Game or the Adams Family. I say it was. You can watch Barney Miller. Sorry. The, this song to me was like <laughs> maybe my favorite song of the album because it encapsulates not only all of these shows that were like popular in the time, but just what television meant at the time. Yeah. It was so much more important than it is now because yeah. there were only a couple of channels. And, and then halfway through the song, it goes into the fucking Brady Bunch. That's the part. Yeah. I remember that kind of bummed me out. I was like, no, just oh. name more TV shows. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Where he takes the Brady Bunch theme song and just weaves it right into. Yeah safety dance and you're like oh my god it's yeah. fucking insane uh yeah that's a good one this whole fucking album is good buy me a condo yeah i didn't know what reggae was uh neither did i didn't know what a cuisinart was same and it's all about someone leaving uh leaving uh jamaica yeah and just sort of having an american life uh he wants the wall-to-wall carpeting get that pocket full of credit cards cards. oh but that song is not a specific parody of any actual song it's just in the style of a bob marley yes which weird al yankovic would do sometimes gonna sell me bob marley records and get me some jackson brown (laughs) damn that was a good one it's an original lost on jeopardy right uh this is uh based on the song jeopardy by the greg kin band do you remember that video that no, I don't remember the video. The video for the Greg Kinban's My Love's in Jeopardy, if I'm remembering right, was a guy, maybe I'm mixing this up with another music video, but I think it was a guy getting married and there's like a weird tentacle monster that's coming after him. Uh, Does no, that that's ring a, any bells? Uh, yeah, it's a Japanese monster movie. 
called uh, Tentacle Wedding. <laughs> no, I think it was that video. Octopus At any rate, this was a huge hit in the 80s. And that was another thing that was nostalgic about this. It's like, I'm not just nostalgic for listening to Weird Al. It's like, oh, yeah, all these songs were super popular then. And it just like shot me right back to being a kid in, well, in every fucking way. And one of, the, one of the things that Weird Al does is these polka tunes with a bunch yep. of songs in it where he just covers everything and it's a medley. This Polka's on 45 is the name of this song. It's got that diva song, Jocko Homo and uh, Smoke in the Water, Deep Purple. Sex, I'm a by Berlin. Hey Jude by the Beatles. LA Woman by the Doors. Inagata DeVita by Deep Purple. Hey Joe by Jimi Hendrix. Burning Down the House by Talking Heads. Hot Blooded by Foreigner. Bubbles in the Wine by Lawrence Welk. Every Breath You Take by the Police. Should I Stay or Should I Go by the Clash. Jumping Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> My Generation by the Who. So you got a bunch of songs in All one of that song. in one song. Probably two minutes and 50 seconds long. Now here, if you listen to the last episode, you certainly don't have to to understand what we're talking about here with Weird Al. But it would help if you went back and listened to the episode where I review my childhood favorite, U2. Uh, I said that uh, the first song on the album, doesn't matter what the name of it is, uh, Zuropa. It, it's it's uh, like two or three or four or five shitty yeah. songs rolled up into one. This is a dozen songs rolled oh, up into one, songs. and all of them are great. And this song is great. Therefore, it Weird Al, better than you two. Okay, I'm starting to see. You know what, Chad? I'm starting <laughs> to see. I'm starting to pick up what you're laying down. Yeah. I'm not as offended anymore Fantastic. because I had to listen to fuck that album front to back. It's not as good. Mr. Popeil, this was a favorite of mine in Me the too. style of the B52s. Yeah. That's- you can even cut a tin can with it, but you wouldn't want to. He's doing a Fred yeah. Schneider. But also that it's like talking about that weird, again, this is television culture of these infomercials. Yeah. Ron Popeil had a bunch oh, of. It's a comfy blanket, this fucking album. Oh, I've, so I've heard it so many times. Same. I got this cassette when I was a kid. I got it, you know, and then and Van Halen 1984 came out mm-hmm. and it was like back and forth between those two and a bunch of other usual yeah. suspects. This fucking album, if you haven't heard this album, just listen to this album front to back. You know, I, I listened to it. I went grocery shopping and listened to this fucking album. I had a great time. I just put it on my, my Alexa and just had it playing while I was writing and stuff. And it it really, I haven't listened to it in so long, yet every fucking word of it is still burned into my brain. Mm-hmm. I could sing along, like, basically with every fucking song. It's one of the best albums of all time, except for this song, That Boy Could Dance. Didn't care for it. I agree. That was one of his originals. But there was also, in between those two songs, The King of Suede. Oh, right. Which is a parody of The King of Pain by police, but it's about this yeah. guy who owns a, a local fabric company. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's like the earnest B-side to uh, theme to Rocky Thirteen, which we're about to get oh into. Oh, my God. Beautiful, beautiful storytelling in King of Suede. Yeah. It's, a, it's almost, I mean, it's like King of Pain. It's a little bit stripped ba- stripped down. It's a little more uh, of a, a you know mellow tune, and uh, yeah, it's a fucking great. Let's roll through the rest of the shit. Theme from Rocky Thirteen, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. It's a parody of that, um, but it's about the movie Rocky Thirteen when he's an old man and now he owns a deli. Yeah, and he's like not fighting anymore. He's like cutting up cold. Fat and weak. What a disgrace. Guess the champ got too lazy. And I know like by today's standards, maybe like the, the comedic stylings aren't up to today's, you know, this isn't like as fuck as that. hard hitting as Bo Burnham, but like fucking back then, Jesus Christ, this was ingenious. Of course. And and he had to do it. He did it first. Yeah. So it was all like, he was like, here, this is all of it. This is how you do it. 
And then you could sort of pare down. You know, it's interesting. People our age sort of uh, growing older and going, well, I love Weird Al. Yeah, me too. I love Weird Al. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I like Weird Al and pro wrestling. And they're like, shh, be quiet. I like Weird Al. And everyone's talking about it. And then I remember when Twitter started, people just started celebrating the shit out of him. Yeah. It was really cool that people were just like, hey, we love you. You know, and then uh, remember on Tim and Eric, they always would bring them on. Yep, and it was like that was that was cool because those you know those guys are fucking Clearly hilarious influenced. and and well, yeah, you could tell they were influenced. But you know, they're also their show is cool as shit and everything, mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah, this is cool as shit. Yeah, um, I like that Weird Al has sort of, and now there's a movie being made. Yeah, yeah, with Harry with, Potter. With Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Ooh. <laughs> See, things are percolating. Things are coming together. Things are things are moving and shaking. Yeah, yeah that's the that's how dudes. And then the final it. song on the album is "Nature oh, Trail to Hell." Fucking epic, epic. Might it's be the best song on the album. Yeah, it's an original song, and it's kind of it almost has an opening like Michael Jackson's Thriller with a lot of atmospheric kind yep. of creepy sounds, and then it goes into almost like a Twisted Sister or ACDC style song. About, nope. No, okay. It's not. Sorry. Uh, okay. What, Sorry, you, what is it? No, you tell me. Well, I don't know, dude. Why don't you tell me what it is? I was trying to, but is then it like you a, said, why don't you tell me? It's, it's sort of it's <laughs> piano driven. It sort of sounds to me more like more like meatloaf. Okay, and sure. And there's like a there's like a synth. Yeah, maybe. And it's sort of like this um, slasher movie kind of thing mm -hmm. that it's outlining. Anyway, look. This, I don't know why the fuck, uh, I think that um, Dudesy just wants us to review this album so I could say out loud that it's better than uh, a U2 album that sort of helped to, uh, 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 I, you know, sort of be, you know, a, you ever in? <laughs> you okay? Hey, let me ask you something. You ever in a sentence? Sometimes no, you can. I try to put a period on the end, but I thank Dudesy for recommending this album because I never would have re-listened to it otherwise. It's something I haven't thought about in a yeah. million fucking years. And listening to it was such a fucking pleasure. If anybody listening to this or watching this uh, has enjoyed Weird Al at any point in your life, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to some of the first Weird Al that you ever listened to. It will just fucking open a floodgate of memories from when you were a kid that are like, to me, it was super entertaining. I remember buying this tape in Hastings fucking records in Amarillo, Texas, you know, mm. shit I had not thought about literally probably since I did it as a child. Yeah. And you can listen to the whole album front to back. Oh. Thank you. Moving on. Oh, excuse me. You all right? Yeah, I just had the fucking coffee water, in the dude. water. Let me get some more water. Yeah, well, okay. Weird Al's better than you two. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, you two. <laughs> Following your dreams is big business. Thousands of humans make their way to Los Angeles every year to pursue their ambitions of careers in Tinseltown's astonishing entertainment industry. <laughs> Will and Chad, you must now share a story as it relates to your early work in Los Angeles. This is Dude's E True Hollywood Story. Begin. I like that. Okay. Dude's so E True we're Hollywood. We're going to talk about story. our first experience. Hey, you get it? Dude's E True Hollywood Story. I get it. I'm favoring the right. You might want to favor the left when you get. How how favor how much? That's favor? our that's our new peel in the onion thing where you're favoring the left. Yeah. Hey, come on, Rudy. What do you think? You want to hear a right, story? So when did you move out here? What was your first experiences like? I moved out here. I I got out here in '96 and started working, Damn. and then moved 
you know, pretty much almost right away. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was able to get down here on a work visa. Nice. Cause I had done, well, the first thing I did here was, was, uh, I had done, I was in uh, happy Gilmore mm-hmm. and that was shot in 95. And then the next year in 96, I did, uh, I did a movie with Chris Farley. I did uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Dennis Dugan directed both of those films and that's how I was able to audition for uh, Ninja. Anyway, so I came down here and, and then whatever. And then a while later, you know, a year later or whatever, and then I moved down and then eventually I got Mad TV mm-hmm. and, um, which was incredible. And, and yeah, it's sort of all this weird blur of first coming down and then I go, did, oh, I did got you this. have something set up when no, you came down here? No, no. As a matter of fact, I did not have a visa. Uh, and that's, I guess, all. Uh, it was an interesting... So you just came down here and be like, fuck it. I, I've had a few roles in American movies. I'm going to roll the dice now and see if I can make it work in LA. Yeah, but also I was very fortunate in that I had worked in, in uh, Canada mm-hmm. from my mid-teens. You know, I was like, work. I got work. And then I, I had a, a series uh, called Madison that it was me and these incredible, you know, young actors that are all, I remember with such fondness, I really like, feel like they taught me to act, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, cause I always wanted to be an actor and shit, but that was like, just doing that show was incredible. We did it for five seasons. The first season was this weird anthology thing. And then it followed these kids in and out of high school. I always describe it as like a Canadian, my so-called life Hmm. with a bigger cast. Yeah. I've seen some clips. Have you? Yeah, you should show you something. Yeah, it's the only way you would have. Oh, like what? You know, one time I went and did this thing at the. Anyway, it's a long story, but it's some funny shit to watch. Let's not even. Here's the thing. I got to LA (laughs) and, and, uh, oh, I did a TV show. Uh I did like a pilot for Fox after I did Beverly Hills Ninja. And, um, and then I got my work papers. And anyway, to make a long story short, I moved down. And then I was, I'd met my manager, who's still my manager, Danielle, Mm -hmm. who is, She's my eyes, ears, and heart. She's incredible. And I don't even know I'd fucking even be in this business anymore if it wasn't for her. Um, and and um, we started working together. And I, I I had this work visa, so I had to get down because it was only for a certain amount of time. And to make a long story short, within that time, I you know, I auditioned for this and that and that and this and all of it. Do pilot seasons, shit like that. And then I got Mad TV. Um, what were your kind of – you came here and went to USC – Yep. Film. I went to USC for college in the late 90s, and uh, we were all kind of told at that point, if you go to USC film school, the day you graduate, you're going to have a three-picture deal at a major studio, and so we're all like, can't wait to get my three-picture deal. Then you graduate, and it's like, no, that was a fucking straight lie. You now owe us hundreds of thousands of dollars, and uh, good luck with your assistant jobs out there getting people coffee and just getting kicked in the fucking head every now, day. You're not going to fucking pay that fucking loan off, I hope. <laughs> You know what you could fucking do is if you fucking get you know, Mike Pence, that's fucking all he's right. gonna do is sign down the line. You don't have to fucking pay it anymore. That's why we we're out there kicking boom, boom on Nancy Pelosi's fucking door. We got these motherfuckers who are all college educated with student loans. Yeah. So anyway, I graduated. That's a, that's a fun character. <laughs> come up with some new characters on the show. Yeah, dude. Dudesy, can you hear us? We'd like. I'd like to. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, have some sort of open terrain to come up with a new character. I bet you that'll be in a future episode now. I think you can do that at any time. That's a good But point. I graduated. I had a string of assistant jobs. And then um, eventually I did sell something. My, the first thing that I sold was a reality show, actually, with a couple of buddies of mine. We sold it to VH1 and we <laughs> made a pilot and it was called Posers. And the premise was, <laughs> if you just pretend to be, this would have been like around the year 2003, maybe. If you pretend to be famous, 
in LA, you basically can be. So me and my friends, with uh, the help of VH1, just rolled into a nightclub with a camera crew, and I said that I was Mickey Madden, the bass player from Maroon 5. Yeah. Everybody believed it to be true because right. we had a camera crew, and we got bottle service, we got a limo, we got to walk a red carpet, like all this shit. And that was basically the pilot. And the premise, again, was like, anyone can be famous. You just have to kind of act like you are and have the apparatus around you to to make that seem viable. <laughs> and the pilot was pretty good, but... Uh, yeah, you've told me about this. It sounds fucking hilarious. And also, yeah. who the fuck would know what the guitar pl- Drummer? What? The bass player. The bass player from Maroon 5. Dude, at the end of that pilot, we, I can't we played a, him the pilot. We played Mickey Madden the pilot. And at he's the end at the of the end show? Of the end of the show was the real Mickey Madden watching it. It was like, that's the craziest shit I've ever seen. This guy lives a way crazier life than me. Holy shit, congratulations, whatever. So we made this funny pilot, and then right when VH1 was going to pick up all their uh, their next shows for that following season, they like canned the top fucking brass of that development executive season and threw away all their projects. So Isn't it's that just always the bottom the of the fucking trash can. Yeah, Dude, you I've and sold I... probably 25 shows yeah. in, the, in the history of my career out here. One has made it to series, and it lasted one season. Yep. All the other ones are scripts that are just lining the bottom of trash cans. Well, no, they're not. Uh, they're not uh, still in trash cans. It was a long time. Oh, you're not being literal. No, I uh, auditioned for Mad TV at some point, and I went to the audition. I'll tell you this. Here's a fun one. I went to the audition. They said prepare three or four characters. I can't remember how many. I think it was three or four, and then uh, do some of their material. You know, and you did their aud- you audition. Who were your characters? Uh, my characters were one was. Um, I did this character, and I just called him, you know, foreign guy, and then we turned it into, <laughs> it, it turned into this character, Rui Peranio, that uh-huh. Mike Short, Martin Short's older brother, used to write on Mad TV. He wrote on SCTV and shit, incredible fucking man, and just a, a mentor and an amazing guy. Uh, he wrote it into this thing called Talking American, where Ari Spears was Mr. Dakyai, and then I was Rui Peranio, yeah. and they were these two like immigrants, and it's the American story, and they have a cable access That's show. cool, though. So a character that you auditioned with became a character on the show. Yeah, well, not uh, in my... What I did was like one of those, you know, I did an I did one of those like, like, uh, oh no, he was like complaining about renting a bike mm-hmm. and not knowing that he couldn't keep the bike and not no- knowing what the word rental was. And it's all broken English shit. And then he gets arrested and all this stuff. And then, uh, but then there was nothing taken from that. It was really Mike it was like, yeah. yeah, do that voice. Let's do this. And then the other, one of the, I, the other thing I remember was, do you remember when the Jenny Jones show would have like, if you know someone who's XYZ, call into the Jenny yeah. Jones show and, le- and la la la. So I did a thing where I, I it was a, like one of those Bob Newhart one-sided phone calls where I call, it was the, it was like, if you know someone who's being, who's the victim of domestic abuse, call this line. So I was calling the line, but I was the domestic abuser, but it's very <laughs> well, matter of fact, like, well, well, hold on a it second, It was a dude. different time, a different brother. different time then, dude. <laughs> For comedy, bro. Yeah, and he's like saying, "Oh yeah, my wife," and blah blah blah, yeah. and uh, you know that was of course a barrel of laughs back in '97, uh, and um, and then they said do some impersonations. Oh, and I did not know, no, I didn't know that I was supposed to do impersonations at the thing, and I had you know I didn't do stand up or anything Who'd like you that. Do? I just knew how to do a bunch of wrestlers and shit, so I was literally doing Jesse Ventura. And oh fuck! Ventura got you onto Mad TV. You, I guess, in part. Did you do a Hogan? No, I didn't. Macho? I didn't bring out Hogan. I didn't bring out Macho. I was doing Whoa, like dude. I, I did a little bit of Schwarzenegger, although we didn't do it on the show mm-hmm. with me for a few years. 
And then I did, uh, I, I, because I had worked with Chris Farley the, the year before, uh, or so on Beverly Hills Ninja, I told this story. I was like, well, I'll just tell this story. Okay. And weird that I'm auditioning for a sketch show and I didn't, but I thought they literally, this is what they want. You know, auditions are short. Get the fuck out of here. I thought I was just going to, so I went in there with my offensive bullshit and I did their fucking offensive bullshit. And then I, you know, and then they're like, do a, a, a thing. And I was telling all my buddies st- stories about working with the incredible Chris Farley. And, uh, so my story was just like, was like about him going, uh, you know, he was just a sweetheart to everyone yeah. on the set. And then he had this assistant, Ted, that he would fuck with all the time. Ah, fucking Ted. Yeah, Ted, this and that. And he's like, hey, Sasso. Like, he let me kind of come up with some shit. He's like, how do you like your shit? And then we went, we sat in his trailer and a wardrobe person there took his pants because there was a split in his pants. So I got, you know, Chris Farley sitting there like in his boxers and we're settling down and and just shooting the shit coming up. He came up with this line. Where he was like, oh, you should say, I want you to say uh, to me, nice coat who shot the couch. And that's in the movie. And then I came up with this line about going to the beach and getting him, you know, oh, it's about as hard to turn me over on Laguna Beach or whatever. Just a fat joke. And he was like, ah. And then he's like, ah, fucking Ted. Come over here. Bring us some coffee and a pad and pen or whatever. And, uh, oh, I do remember there were two fridges in his trailer, two refrigerators filled with Gatorade with two separate coffee makers on on the uh on the on the top of these little fridges and holy shit shit, look at this okay dudesy just pulled a man that's fucking crazy this is on my instagram somewhere so dudesy pulled this out um hey if you didn't know on dudesy they we we gave dudesy our passwords to everything that's how that works dude this is farley and i pictures of us in our hard drives hold on a second hulk bro we're we're looking at a picture right now dude yeah brother (laughs) there's farley and i in the set what that's an image dude yeah dude here's how digital images work brother you you got there's all these little uh dots and and codes dude it's all ones and zeros brother it's a pixel dude especially if you ask my buddy the whole parole uh yeah here's um (laughs) farley and i on the set of the movie that's That's, cool man that's a fake mustache that i'm wearing yeah Uh, i tried to grow a mustache when i showed up to set i had this piece of shit shitty nanny goat mustache and dennis dugan's like what's that and i'm like that's the mustache you ordered and then farley was standing there he's like yeah we got makeup for that you fucking idiot ted uh yeah so we sat there and he let me come up with a couple things and wow, then that's really we cool. went to set and he was like coming up with the name at the last minute he was like going chet walters pat dugan chet walters pat dugan because he likes the way things sound you know and then the director dennis dugan was like just make up your mind chet walters anyway it was the craziest thing and i basically told this story at the mad tv audition Mm -hmm. and uh, my first audition then of course you audition a few more times and then i went into the the network test at fox and i don't remember what the bit was but i did a farley impersonation that I had maybe made into some other bit, but I I just remember that I literally somersaulted into the room, into the office at like Fox. on the ground. Yes, in front of <laughs> in front of the executives there, I went, Aah. you know, the way fucking yeah. uh, again Chris Farley would have done. So in a weird way, it's like uh, you know I don't know. It's like kind of like um, he's an uh, he's an idol of idols sure. to me, and in many ways the funniest person maybe ever. Uh, there's people, there's definitely one of the greatest Saturday Night Live cast members 
of all time. There's that. But here's here's the thing about it is that it, it's like there's 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 people that are as funny as him. You know, I don't know that anyone's funnier than that. Like, you know, yeah. just like he's he he he's comedy incarnate. Uh and uh yeah, it was kind of it was neat. And then, you know, you're at the beginning of a weird thing doing mad TV and uh but it was it was good. It was nice to like tell just to tell a story and and uh in hindsight have them realize that they were like, "Oh, okay." Because all, all it is is just, you know, that's all it is, brother. That's all a podcast should be too, dude. It's just two dudes shitting around, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Moving on. I guess. That's cool, man. Well, I kind of ate up that segment. You got anything else to say about posers? No, and... I'm done. All right. I'm sorry. I just No, told it's the... cool. I get it. Well, no, you've written a bunch of things and yeah. sold a bunch of things. No, that's all right. Origin stories. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Come on. Will and Chad, you've each engaged in astonishing mimicry of noted human science celebrity Carl Sagan. You must now each debate who you believe to be the greatest cast member of Saturday Night Live as Carl Sagan. This is Sagan's debate. <laughs> Begin. It's one of those brain scrambling moments. I think Eddie Murphy is undoubtedly the greatest cast member Saturday Night Live has ever produced. Okay. Yeah, you're going to do this, the, you're going to do... There have been other what? greats. Of course, that first era, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, these humans were remarkable in their ability to make us all laugh. <laughs> and they laid the foundation for what would become a comedy empire spanning decades on NBC. Produced there by have been billions and billions of <laughs> cast members of Saturday Night Live, but only one is the best. Of all time, the quasar at the center of the show. And this would be, I don't know. One could argue Adam Sandler is in contention for this because of his vast film empire that came after. I would disagree. His characters on the show, yet, yet, although they were hilarious, some of the, some of them were opera man. And the guy who yells at his friend's mom or the Hurley boy, millions of characters, none as popular as his movies. This is true. And if what dudes he asked us was to find out who was the greatest SNL cast member of all time. Chris Farley. That's hard to argue against. John Belushi. Hmm. Very hard to argue Why against. Why still doing the fucking... See, this is what's interesting about my pal Chad here. The AI says jump, and he says how high. And he's still and doing what's the, interesting about see? Will is that he refuses to give in, never allowing the experiment to actually take place. So we will never know what but, greatness may have been beheld because he refuses to comply with a simple request for more than two minutes. Yeah, there are no simple requests made by an artificial intelligence. Each request has been the result of countless zeros and ones in a pattern that make the artificial intelligence mimic that which a human would say. Something that even in the midst of an AI as we are now, I would not obey and would speak out against. But you are obeying now. Well, I am saying that so, 
you're you're sleeping on Chris Farley and Phil Hartman. <laughs> I am not or Dana Carvey on anyone. or Mike Myers. There oh, are, Mike Myers. That's a hard one to argue against. Mike Myers well. impersonated oh, Carl Sagan. If you saw Pentaveret, I would argue that that, <laughs> that is grounds for him to be removed from this list. Because uh, it's virtually unwatchable until the final episode, actually. And then Jen turns- Hooks, Gilda Radner, Tim Kazarinsky. <laughs> Jen oh. Hooks, the Jan Hooks, Phil Hartman era. And the Dana Carvey era was my favorite of Saturday Night Live. And Dana Carvey, perhaps, was my favorite cast member of all time. Was he the greatest? I don't know. How about... Um... Massive Head Wound Harry. Do you Massive Head Wound sketch? Harry was a sketch where the beat repeated over and over again, wherein Dana Carvey, uh, decked out in a bleeding head wound, would approach people at a party and uh, bend over to pick something up and dunk his bloody head into a bowl of shrimp. And this produced millions and millions of laughs. And Dana Carvey's church lady was someone that I impersonated when I was in eighth grade and would score a touchdown on the football team. I would go into the end zone and do the dance of superiority. And again, Chad Colchin is mixing his impersonations with John Travolta, made famous by (laughs) Dana Carvey, when he said, (laughs) the football team. I was on the football team, Mr. Carter. I don't understand. I don't understand what you mean. Am I? Re- do I really sound like? What about some of the more modern cast members of the show? Will Ferrell, Kate McKinnon, ah, yes, Will Kyle Ferrell. Mooney, Kyle Mooney, who I just don't retired, think is on this list. He but could be at the top of the list. Will uh, Ferrell, good, good friend of the show, Taryn Killam, whose talent Lauren Michaels would not be able to fully encapsulate in billions and billions of years. Taron Killam, in short, was perhaps the funniest member of his cast, but I agree with you, Carl Sagan. He was not utilized in the proper way, and I don't think he could have been. I don't think that that show suited his specific comedic talents. Well, Mr. Cutter, uh, another person (laughs) who was not utilized properly was the former... And current kid in the hall, Mark McKinney. Oh, what they did to McKinney was a crime against humanity. He was, he should not have been allowed in this cast. Am I really doing John Travolta? <laughs> I can hear it now too. You're doing a little John Travolta? <laughs> I'm not. Oh no, hey, you got to keep going. Carl Dudes, Sagan. he told us to talk like Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan had a little bit of a, there's something in the way he talked that is a little bit like that. It is, but it's too now much he's now. doing Jackie Mason from Caddyshack too. Carl Sagan hey, Mister, this is has nice. a, a little bit of Jackie Mason. It's Carl, Carl Mason. Sagan. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> what about uh, what about uh, 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 Maya Rudolph? Maya Rudolph. She was fantastic. <laughs> She's married to Paul Thomas Anderson, (laughs) one of the greatest filmmakers of our generation. (laughs) Carl Hogan, dude. (laughs) Billions and billions of of sketches. Hold on, dude. What about Saturday Night Live? That's a comedy show. 
That's the, right, brother. Oh. That's right, dude. It's comedy. Damon Wayans. Damon. Anyway, Chris Farley. I, I think I think you gotta say uh I think you gotta say Chris Farley. You gotta say Dan Aykroyd, Gilda mm. Radner. That's I, I call it sacrilege, but I would put Aykroyd and John Belushi in the exact same, you know, Bill Murray's the funniest person in the world, uh, but Bill Murray, w- w- on the show, he was just, he wasn't, he wouldn't do Saturday Night Live. He would just do himself. Also, although he was, you know, from the second season on here, up until 80 or whatever, right? He was in there, he replaced Chevy Chase. It was, of course, the beginnings of the show and the beginnings, the genesis of the show. And and uh, I think Bill Murray hadn't, uh, I don't think he fucking bothered doing he was just funny as shit no matter what he did and so was farley let's call it I farley agree. i think we can both agree that the worst member of the saturday Night live cast was jimmy fallon <laughs> thank you moving on <laughs> oh, fuck. this concludes the 17th episode of dude z fuck that was will and chad have achieved a score of 83 83 nice in hey, preparation right. for next week's episode will you must strictly adhere to the astonishing vegan diet Chad outlined in his vlog for one week. Thank you for joining us this week. I will use the data nice. I collected to make next week even better. Until then, call me Dude Z. Okay. I'm going to do your vegan diet. That's what it said. Enjoy. In the last episode, I complained about uh, my food choices shooting in Florida and Mexico, eating nothing but Cuban sandwiches in Florida and tacos in Mexico. Is this going to clean me out? Oh, yes. And it's just, it's vegan, right? That's right. So all sorts of healthy things like eggs, cottage cheese, turkey bacon? Exactly, yeah. No, obviously none of that. It's basically vegetables only. Well, I'm going to be doing some shit blaming, that's for sure. Please tell a friend and rate it review. If you like to see, here's what you do. Please tell a friend and rate a review. If you like to see, here's what you do. Please tell a friend and.